0: Hello and welcome to Day 9 of the 12 Days of Christmas. How you do? I've got some spooky stories for you today. Are you ready to hear them?
1: Yes, I think that might be the first time I've said how you do.
0: On this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's happening?
1: I don't know.
0: Story number one today comes from Molly. I play a game when I go to museums and historic places where I snap photos whenever I feel uncomfortable or like I'm not alone. Or if i get a sudden headache or pins and needles and one day i went to a museum in nottingham which is one of a chain called the national justice museum it's an incredibly old establishment dating back to the 14th or 15th century which started out as a moot hall and then the courthouse which stands there on the same grounds above the nottingham caves is the building which is now the museum i decided to pay a visit there on a whim So, I paid the entry fee which allowed me access to the courtroom and to all of the cells below it. There were various timed tours happening that day, which came in useful when I got lost around part of the building. I just kept walking around in circles. It's a very disorienting place. So, I would try to find one of the tour groups, and then I knew I'd be going the right way. It didn't take me long to get lost again, though, and I soon found myself in a corridor outside some dark cells alone. I suddenly felt uneasy like someone was staring into the back of my head and if I turned around they would be stood right behind me. It made my stomach turn and I started to feel a headache coming on. This could have been anything, the lights, infrasound, the cold or just a migraine starting. So because I've had lots of strange experiences in the past, mostly from my childhood home but that's for another day, I snapped a photo to see if there was any validation in how I was feeling. I wanted to run back up those stone stairs but I couldn't help but feel like the path was blocked by something, or someone, which was a strange thought that just came into my head, so I quickly walked in the other direction towards the courtyard. Despite this being the place where people were hanged for committing crimes, after it became a legal station for the public around the late 1800s to early 1900s I think, it definitely felt safer, because there were other visitors looking around. Of this courtyard are the debtor cells, the dark cells, and the oubliette, which is a pit of sorts where people were literally thrown into and left to die. And these are all sewn into a sandstone, which runs underneath the entirety of Nottingham, so they're basically caves. It's a strange feeling you get looking in the direction of those cells, like you want to walk away but at the same time feeling like you can't help but look at the dark entrance. I'm not easily scared by such things, because I've grown to be so used to funny feelings in the dark. It should be noted that I've quite an intense phobia of the dark, but I truly believe that my phobia played no part in how I felt during this day's events. But what happened next was quite possibly the single most terrifying experience I've ever had. As I moved towards the cells, I kept repeating in my head, It's just a cave, nothing scary is in there, nothing can hurt me, it'll be fine, and genuinely started to feel much better and soon felt nothing but curiosity towards the place. There were a few other people in there, and there was a bit of a soundscape playing through a speaker somewhere, chains clanking and such, and it felt fine. It went very quiet then as one of the families that had been looking around had left, so at that point I thought it must have just been myself and maybe a couple of more people. The soundscape was still playing, which admittedly made me jump at one point when I unwittingly stood in front of the speaker. I saw a shadow move on the other side of some bars, but because of how the paths worked, you could get around the other side. I thought this must have just been a visitor standing reading something and then walking away, since there was a floor lamp at a weird angle that could have created a shadow in the place, and I felt all right. Until I stilled my footsteps and discovered that the cave like cells were eerily quiet. I was the only person there, everyone else had left the cells. And all I could think was, no, 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 shit, shit. I swiftly turned around and tried to find my way out of there fast, because I just felt so vulnerable and frightened. I took two or three wrong turns, so by this point I was feeling suitably scared. I saw another shadow move, clear in my vision, and I felt sick to the stomach because it looked like it had made to move towards me. I felt like I would just burst into tears at any second. One of the only times where I felt truly frantic. I finally found my way out of there and I imagined I looked something awful because people were looking at me in a funny way. Once again I told myself I was just being stupid, that nothing, even an entity or a spirit or a shadow or a ghost, could ever truly hurt me. I gathered myself and told myself it's all in your head you're just being ridiculous. And turned to walk back in there just so I could read all of the information boards. And as if the whole ordeal hadn't scared the crap out of me enough, As I reached that sandstone passageway once again. It was like I'd been struck by a bolt of emotions, like I'd hit a wall of very dark sinister energy. The only way I can describe it would be if a person was right up in your face shouting their lungs out in an aggressive manner, like they were going to grab me and throw me to one side or shove me onto the floor and pin me there. I was petrified. My breathing was all over the place and I reached my hands up to adjust the scarf that was around my neck because the energy felt so suffocating. I stumbled backward and distanced myself from those terrifying cells, thinking of nothing but the people who had died there, maybe even innocent people wrongly accused, and that wall of energy started to die down, like a snarling dog backing away. Like I say, it's a difficult feeling to describe, just in case I tried to go back inside. When I got home, I showed my parents the photos I had taken, including the one I took in the corridor when I started to feel uneasy. My mum doesn't like to believe such things because she knows it will scare her too much. But when my dad looked at the photo, he pointed out the weird fog-like patch just in front of the stairway. I zoomed in and couldn't believe what I saw. There was a face in the photo. Just faintly, but it's there. I'm still not sure what to make of it to this day. My dad says it looks like a young lady taken in the negative. But I couldn't help but see a striking resemblance to one of the masks I saw in the display case on that very corridor. I haven't been able to go back to that place alone ever since that day. I hoped you liked my story. I hope it scared you as much as it scared me. Actually, I sort of hope you can debunk it, though I don't know how. Unless you maybe count infrasound produced by that soundscape speaker. But it seems unlikely for the scale of events that occurred. So you've seen the photo. And I will post a picture of the photo or not a picture of the photo. I'll post the photo that Molly <laughs> sent me on Instagram and on, and on the Facebook page and you can make of it what you will. So what do you think of the photo?
1: I mean, there's very clearly something at the top of the stairs, some kind of discrepancy with the image. And you can see the, a sort of change in the image, which could be interpreted as a face.
0: And I think when when Molly said about the face, I thought, I thought it was more like the mask. Like Molly said, you mm. know that so if you're if you're not on Facebook or, or Instagram, uh, the old executioner masks that was that were essentially a black hood. They had the eyes cut out and the, the mouth cut out like a like essentially like a leather balaclava. Yeah. I do think it looks more like a mask or an executioner mask rather than a face. There's very I agree.
1: There's very clearly a part of that photo that is or a part of the discrepancy in the photo that is different again within it. So a contrast to the rest of the fuzz around it. So it is interesting.
0: I think it's a really clever thing to do as well, to take photos whenever you feel ooh, Yeah. When you're in museums and stuff. I also want to go to that museum. Mm. Because it sounds really cool. Mm. Oh, you would secretly do no, want to No, I would to like it. I'd visit. like the
1: history. I'd like the historical aspect of it, to be fair. I enjoyed that jail in Dublin.
0: Kilmainham jail.
1: Yep. And Alcatraz. Another prison.
0: I think they're very interesting places. Mm. Full of sadness, but yeah. very interesting places.
1: Yeah. Different, very different, very contrasting. It could be infrasound, just to sideswipe the conversation in a different direction. It could be infrasound in terms of the resonating off of the walls. I'm trying to think like Will. Resonating off the sandstone walls in the caves. Could and I guess creating sort of
0: places like that aren't designed to hold big electrical uh, equipment no. or whatever. So, who knows?
1: But also, it's probably haunted.
0: Yeah, we're not going to debunk it. It's haunted. No. And story number two comes from Susanna. My story is related to my aunt and uncle's house. It's an old kiln cottage and some people in the village they live in claim that this is the reason for the strange goings-on. But I've no idea why and I can't find any research that supports this. So I guess it's just a local myth. My aunt and uncle had children late in life. So I was 17 when they had my twin cousins. My aunt and uncle moved into this house when I was about five. I remember being really nervous of being upstairs, although I never really knew why. I would just always make an adult come with me or refuse to go up there. It was the hallway and the middle bedroom that freaked me out the most. The house was old. It had the old latch-style doors, beamed ceilings, everything you could think of for an old house. Nothing really happened when I was younger, just that sense of unease. And I got older and braver about being alone upstairs, but that was when odd things happened. When I was about 15, we had stayed over and me and my brother had slept in the dreaded middle bedroom. Two single beds in the room and I was in the one furthest from the door. I was laying in the bed. Everyone else was downstairs. I heard footsteps come down the hallway and past the middle room. Assuming it was my dad going to the end room, I got up and started getting dressed, as I was being a lazy teenager, when I suddenly heard a little voice say, What are you doing? I whipped around and found no one there. But at this point in our family we didn't have any young children, just me and my 13-year-old brother. I flew out the door and downstairs where I told my aunt what had happened. She didn't seem fazed and said that the little girl often comes and she has heard similar questions before and often she hears my uncle playing the radio in the kitchen only to get downstairs and find that there's no one in the house. I would not go back upstairs for a very long time. A few years later and we welcomed Amelia and Albert to our family. As they were twins and my aunt and uncle were exhausted when they were about nine months old, me and my grandma babysat them together for a weekend. The twins bedroom was in the middle bedroom. I slept downstairs for some odd reason, I don't remember why now, but the living room was directly underneath the hallway and middle bedroom. The middle room was laid out as such, you open the door And to your right were two cots pushed together, touching headboards. The monitor on the shelf in the middle of the cots and a rocking chair in the middle of the room. The monitor was wired, and the wires pulled tight in between the cots so the babies couldn't grab it. I was not sleeping well. I didn't since the voice incident at that house. And it was about 3 am when I heard a voice upstairs. But I couldn't hear it clearly, so I just laid there wondering if it was my grandma when suddenly I heard the biggest crash. I jumped up and ran upstairs thinking that my grandma had fallen or one of the twins had climbed out of their cot and fallen. As I ran up the stairs I could see down the hallway and right there, in the middle of the hallway, was their baby monitor. Just sat there, as if it was neatly placed. I stood there for ages terrified but I knew I had to go and check the twins and put the bloody monitor back. When I looked in the room, the twins were sound asleep and so was my grandma. I could hear her snoring from down the hall. But the fact that she was asleep was strange. She was such a light sleeper, and the amount of noise should have woken her up. Even stranger when I looked properly, the monitor had been ripped from between the cots, wrapped around the chair in the middle of the room, and then taken into the hallway. I don't know where I found the bravery, and I wish I hadn't now, but somehow I picked the monitor up, unwrapped it from the chair... "'and put it back onto the shelf. "'I did not sleep again that night. "'When my grandma woke up the next morning, "'I asked her if she had heard all the noise, and she hadn't. "'She was a big sceptic, so refused to believe me, "'thinking I had just been half asleep "'or was being a dramatic teenager. "'When my aunt and uncle came back, I told them. "'My aunt didn't seem surprised, "'and my uncle was a bit more questioning of the events, "'but even he agreed he had strange things happen to him. "'Nothing so strange ever happened again.' Although still, to this day, sometimes you hear voices or a door latch going as if someone is opening it. And we've even heard what sounds like a little girl humming. My cousins are older now, nearly 16 themselves. And from the age of about three, Albert has always been scared of the middle room and the hallway. Maybe we share sensitivity to things. But still, even now, in my 30s, I hate being in that middle room.
1: Mm-hmm. how did that baby wanted to get into the middle of the hall
0: wrapped around the chair first yeah because babies are, are wily you know they can climb out of cots they can be very naughty at night time
1: even at nine months
0: oh they were they nine yeah. months in it oh they were nine months <laughs> oh I take it back yeah I definitely take it back that is very strange yeah it's
1: very odd very odd indeed
0: but it's also very playful behaviour it's very attention seeking mm. behaviour
1: is it another little girl ghost
0: there has been an influx of little girl ghosts of late it's almost like people know that you don't like the stories (laughs) and they're sending them in anyway
1: yeah yeah thanks for that i appreciate it that middle room's obviously had a vibe though didn't it definitely had a vibe if susanna didn't like it and albert didn't like it either and there's 15 16 17 years between them
0: this is completely unrelated, but I think that Albert is such a cute name for a baby.
1: Albert and Amelia are cool names. Yeah,
0: very cute names They for definitely
1: solved some puzzles when they were younger, I'm sure. Like
0: spy kids. Yeah. And our third story today comes from Sammy. It is no secret that military housing around the UK has a fair share of stories and experience of paranormal activity attached to them. In fact, I wasn't aware how many stories there was until I followed a page on Facebook called Haunted Married Quarters which has nearly 12,000 followers. Thousands of people sharing their experiences of haunted accommodation and military camps all around the UK. I never shared my experiences publicly, but I felt this was the right place and the response I received was shocking. So here it goes. I'm 25 years old and thinking back about this turn of events still gives me goosebumps. The worst thing is, I wish this was a story, but unfortunately it's far from fiction. When I was 17 years old, I moved with my younger brother, who was 15, and my mum and dad to RAF Valley, Anglesey, in Wales. If you do not know where this is, it's the small island on the northwest of Wales, and it really is a beautiful part of the UK. We were so excited to move into 15 Hawk Avenue. My father is a sergeant in the Royal Air Force, and my mum and dad were thrilled with the property. We moved into this four bedroom home in the summer, and we were really happy. The house was a staggered terraced overlooking a beautiful small lake. We were lucky not all people have such well positioned houses. We were so close to the beach and had great views at the front. Everything seemed perfect but this feeling was short lived. My mum and I were open to the concept of ghosts but my dad and brother thought it was all a load of rubbish. Well they used to at least. The first encounter I remember is I would walk across the landing from my room into the study and swear I would see a dark figure standing on the halfway landing more often than not. When I looked that way nothing would ever be there, but at this point I just shrugged it off. Soon after that I was home with my mum and I let the dog out into the garden, sitting down to read my book. My dog was four at this point and was trained to never go up the stairs as she always got really muddy so we wanted to make sure she didn't run mud through the house like most dogs she barks if a stranger comes to the door or comes into the house out of nowhere she growled and barked frantically staring straight into the living room into the hallway through the sliding doors when I opened the door she flew past me full speed and straight up the stairs into my brother's room snarling uncontrollably for minutes this made my mum and I feel really uneasy we checked my brother's room and there was nothing there Things settled for a while until my brother's girlfriend visited. My brother was working a night shift, so my brother's girlfriend was left alone in his room. She heard tapping on the bedside, which disturbed her sleep, and when she turned around it stopped. The tapping progressed to scratching, and the noise moved around the room. This cycle persisted for an hour, and then eventually she fell back to sleep. In her words, she was awoken by my brother sitting beside her on the edge of his side of the bed. She turned over, to greet my brother on his return, but it wasn't him. There was no one there from what she could see. She still swears to this day that she felt someone sit there. She wouldn't stay in there again without my brother. Since that day my brother and her were taunted with the scratching and the tapping, at first they were scared, but it happened so much that they learned to deal with it. My experience as a whole was fairly different. It felt more sinister. My friend and I were in my room having a girly sleepover. I was stood and she was sat on the bed. Out of nowhere, a huge flash of blue light squiggled from the ceiling between us. We both stopped talking at the same time and just stared at the space between us. I said to her, Please tell me you saw that. And she told me that she had. I've never seen anything like it. The brightness was insane. It was at night on a September evening, and still to this day we can't explain it. I've never suffered in my life from sleep paralysis, never. But living here, I had another very horrible experience. One night I woke up in the middle of the night to what felt like a large man's hand pushing heavily on my forehead. I woke up scared and confused as to what was happening, as I didn't see anything. I tried to sit up, pushing myself with my arms, but I couldn't. I felt like I was being pushed into my pillow. The thing is, I could move, I just couldn't sit up. I panicked and screamed, please stop. And suddenly I was able to sit up. And then my door handle started shaking frantically. I started to scream. My mum awoke and as she reached the landing, the shaking stopped. I was completely frozen in fear, I told her what happened and she comforted me. She told me it must have been the wind or something, but deep down I didn't believe her. How could that explain the pressure pushing into my head? The next day she admitted that earlier in the night she got up to go to the toilet, and as she walked past my room to reach the bathroom she witnessed my door handle rattle and my door open, but she thought I was just playing a prank. I always shut my door and pushed it to make sure that it was shut. It's a habit of mine. I didn't sleep with my light off after that. My brother was at his girlfriend's house one weekend as my dad is a bad snorer. It was keeping my mum awake so she went into my brother's room to sleep. Before settling down she went to get a glass of water and then got into my brother's bed. Reading her book for a little while she decided to call it a night. She was awake at this point. She turned off the light and turned onto her left side and someone sat on the bed so clearly that she rolled backwards towards the dint in the bed. Her heart was pounding, and for a moment she was paralysed with fear. She remembers jumping out of bed and running back to her room crying, scared, and waking up my dad. It terrified us all. Even my non-ghost-believer dad was affected. This had now happened to my mum and my brother's girlfriend, and it was too much to handle. What was strange was, apart from the scratching and tapping... Nothing horrible had happened to the men. It was only the women. Whoever this entity is, it was selective of who they tormented. My brother eventually moved out and no one stayed in that room again. My mum often likes reading in bed, but this particular time was different. At the end of her bed is a dressing table with a number of beauty products. Something caught her eye. And as she looked towards the dressing table, a bottle of face lotion was tipped on the side and was let go rocking until it was stationary again. No one was there. My mum's friend is an archaeologist and told us that the lake opposite us had a history. Archaeologists found slave shackles and chariots in the boggy part and it was thought to be a sacrificial lake. We walked around this lake one afternoon and found the information board which confirmed her story. Anglesey has a huge history of Druids and Romans, and I'm not the only one with a story, or four, to tell about the base. I'm happy to say we moved out soon after that, and we were happy to. The house that pushed us to our limits mentally. I never knew what kind of spirit resided at 15 Hawk Avenue, but it could touch and move objects and people. I swear to you this is all true, although I wish it wasn't. I hope whoever lives there now isn't going through what my family went through. Going back to sharing my story on the Facebook group, I pretty much told them everything that I shared with you now, not expecting a response. When I received this yesterday, I was left in shock. A lady was part of the group and commented on my post and she said, I also lived at 15 Hawk and had a lot of strange goings on. My mum stayed over in the small black bedroom and was terrified when she saw a man watching over her. She described the man as looking similar to what she could think of as Mr Burns from The Simpsons. I showed her a photograph which we found in the loft and she said it was him. There were a lot of weird noises and we could always hear a man's voice talking when walking up the stairs. My dog was also terrified of the back bedroom. The Mr Bird comments made me chuckle but actually looking him up and observing the crooked feature he has and the sinister grin majorly freaked me out. I knew I wasn't going mad anyway, but her comment just ultra-confirmed everything my family and friends had witnessed. And what was the scariest thing is that the room that she was describing was mine. Seven years later, I cannot sleep with my light off and I'm 25 years old now. It's pretty much left such a negative imprint on my life that I hope I'll never have to experience again.
1: Man, that is not good. Got a bit more corroboration. Another person that lived in that house. I'm going to throw in a fun fact. I'm pretty sure that's the same base that Prince William served off of when he was doing his helicopter stuff in the army. I mean, I don't think he lived in 15 Hawk Avenue, though. I'm pretty sure.
0: Maybe we should ask him the next time we see him.
1: Yeah, just drop him a text later.
0: I will. I'll text him later and ask him.
1: Definitely seems to have a bit of a... And this is the ghost, not Prince William. Definitely seems to have a bit of a thing for the ladies of the house, doesn't he? No, nothing is nice either no Doesn't, the vibes feel very sinister at worst i guess and negative negative
0: yeah because sinister isn't really the i know what you mean sinister is not the right word for what happened but it's negative yeah and not mischievous like other stories that we've had but like trying to be scary trying to frighten the people in the house
1: mm. and the blue energy was an odd story
0: yeah that was weird we've not had that before
1: hopefully not the wiring
0: yes <laughs> hopefully not or well it sounded like lightning didn't it yeah but can that happen i don't know if that can happen know. so i, don't I really know. don't know I don't know
1: science i mean you'd have to have the right you'd have to have a lot of atmospheric conditions for it to just hit in the middle of a house i don't think it is possible
0: if lightning hit your house and so hard that it went into a room, would that not fry all the electrics yeah, in a particular yeah, the
1: room? Yeah, I reckon, as well.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, Although, what f- do we know? We don't know anything about science.
1: No, I don't know anything about science at all, no. Um, but I do have to say that it was terrifying, nonetheless. Because even if that is an electrical fault, it's still pretty, it's still pretty scary. It's still fucking scary, <laughs> yeah. You still shit yourself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you enjoyed today's episode, you can find everything you need to know about us on com. You can send your own spooky story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month you can get access to heaps of extra content. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.